Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Yeah, my question had to do with tenanted versus non-tenanted properties. And this question is coming from a place of with the government prohibiting evictions, if you will. What are your thoughts on purchasing a uh, like a tenanted property? Is it better to go to a property that isn't tenanted so then you can do a more, uh, I suppose, thorough background check on income and things like that? I'll give you my thoughts, but everybody has different thoughts on it. If you have Section 8 and non-Section 8 type of property, so that's a Class C or worse or or better i'd say it's two different answers so maybe i'll break down the section 8 one first on a lower class property i would always recommend having section 8 with it guaranteed rent that clientele under 800 850 a month rent which i never recommend yeah i still see you guys looking at pieces of crap properties for sixty thousand dollars stop doing that please these guys they don't have any money they don't have 500 bucks in their checking account you need the government to be paying their rent for you and I think you're pretty solid in terms of the government's always going to be paying that. That program's not going to be going away. I mean, a lot of the stimulus money is going to bolster those reserves. That said, if I were to be buying that lower class property, I would want a tenant in place. Pro only problem with Section 8, they're, I think they're better tenants too because they want to stay on that coupon program. They don't want to get kicked off. Then they're screwed. The only problem is like getting the people in there because it's a little bit more stringent regulations on getting them in there. I don't know. I'm not a property manager. I'm a passive investor. But like things like the baseboards on the walls need to be a certain height so rats don't get in. Like silly things like that. Your pro Again, your property manager should know all these. And when you interview them, you should check the box. Yeah, I've done Section 8. I know, I know the dance. The inspector comes in, he inspects the house for these list of things. Yeah, no problem, man. That should be the answer. If it's a nicer class property, this is where like in the beginning, I would want to be cheap. I would want to buy the property with a tenant in place because I thought I was being super clever and saving 500 bucks lease some fee. Often when you're cheap, easy, and free, you get burned in the future. And I did because come to find out that seller just wants to stuff any warm body in there. And I had no recourse and I had no insight on what what that tenant was. There are some ways you can mitigate that by saying, hey, I want to see their credit report. I want to see the background check on this person and run it yourself. Sometimes they're not going to give that to you. And then I think the best practice is to get your own property manager on board and have them tenant the house themselves. That way it's their fault. If they bring in a bad person, they don't have that excuse of like, yeah, I was a stepchild. I just inherited it. Them. There's stability with a tenant. The tenant is like, what the heck? I just signed with this guy and I got this new dad. It just makes that smoother transition because you're always going to have a changing of a sheriff type of situation and you want that more stability. To me, I would just, when you tenant, get a tenant in place, when you buy it, you're saving 250, 500 bucks like a half a month's rent, I would just rather pay my new guy to do it. This is getting a little advanced, but maybe I would tell the seller like, hey, can you just drop the price by 500 bucks or 200 bucks? I'll go get my own tenant at risk. I'm cool with not having a tenant. And they might actually like that, right? So it's again, it's a conversation. Again, I wouldn't be making decision this decision on your own. I would run it through your property manager and saying, hey, here's this dilemma I have. I can either get it tenanted or I'm going to have you do it. What is your thoughts here? There's risk, right? He could not tenant for you for like two, three months. That's a risk that you have to take. Chad, Peter, you guys did it both ways too. What is your guys' thoughts? Well, my case was kind of special because I bought my property at the start of COVID. So my property when I first purchased it was not tenanted. And then COVID happened. 
then everything was shut down. So I couldn't get an inspection, Section 8 inspection for a couple months. So that kind of slowed me down on getting my first tent in the property. So mine's a little bit special. I think for me, um, I don't have any Section 8. I, I try to stay away from it. If the purchase price or if the deal makes sense, then maybe I would consider it. But I just, I can't really speak to Section 8 itself. But then when I'm looking at new properties, although there, there's a lot you'll see on the MLS that has um, tenant occupied and the lease goes to whatever. If it's a good deal, then maybe, but I consider it a risk just because I don't know the tenant and I don't know how well the property management, the former property management company did things over there. So, you know, there could be issues that you're not aware of, especially from the tenant side. And you can ask like, you know, Hey, give me your rent roll and try to verify things like that. But it's not a guarantee. It might look good, but you don't know anything about the person. So all the properties I bought, there were, there was no tenants in there. So, I mean, that's just my opinion. Want a, a clean slate, give me something that I can work my property management team and like what Lane said, put them on the hook. It's not the former people's fault. It was just do it from the beginning and, and just start clean. But I, and I expect a lot of deals out there in the future that will have tenant occupied until something. And so that's just something you need to consider, but work with your team and figure that out. And if you find a good deal, then it's worth exploring, but I, I try to avoid it. With the whole COVID element in play, you're right. There is a little twist on occupancy is down by maybe a couple percent points, I would guess. But again, you're trying to buy the best rental property on the block. That shouldn't matter. You should transcend any big data anyway. And a lot of the people not paying rent are mostly people in the blue states, right? I'm telling you this from experience. I've got over 4,000 units now. People in red states, Midwest, South, Southeast, they just have a different work ethic. They're not this like socialist capital of California kind of nonsense of hashtag free rent. They have a good work ethic. They understand it. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.